Welcome back in, everybody. It's another edition of the First in Orange podcast. Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden there, Denver Broncos beat reporters at the Denver Post. Uh, Ryan, it's like pretty legitimately a quiet weekend after the the Thursday night game last week. Did you like go on a lavish vacation or something? I just watched college football and slept. <laughs> yeah, got much need to sleep. <laughs> yeah, the 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 bad the bad losses for. The uh, two most prominent teams on the front range were over by the time Saturday morning even started, right? Broncos on on Thursday night and then uh, CU giving away that big lead against Stanford uh, like Friday night, wee hours of Saturday morning. So uh, obviously, yeah, Broncos, it's been a few days now, lost 19 to 8 at Kansas City Thursday night uh, at Arrowhead. They'll see him again in, in not too long here coming up 12 days from from today. We're recording this Tuesday late in the day. Um yeah, I guess first of all, Ryan, let's just let's revisit that that one just um, you know, for what it's worth. What did you first of all, first time to Arrowhead for you? Um, what'd you make of the scene? And then overall, I mean, just sort of a strange game for the Broncos in that it was it was sort of opposite day where the offense played terribly and the defense actually put a pretty a pretty solid effort forth. Yeah, first time in Arrowhead, I, I love the vibe. I love the environment. I wish kind of like I kind of wish the game matched the energy that was at the stadium. Uh, I think I, like I, this is probably like my second time seeing no third time being around Chiefs fans, and I always loved I always loved their energy. But being at their home stadium it was pretty dope. Um, but like going shifting to the game, you hit it right. You hit the point. It's like it was like opposite day for the Broncos on where the defense actually held their own and actually kept them in the game, the offense didn't. And, and where you, you saw like, it like the offense was like dysfunctional credit, like yeah. chiefs defense has been really good this year and they were really good on Thursday night, but like the, the passing game struggle. <clears throat> um, and it just, I think from top to bottom, you're talking from protection and from the offensive line, Russell Wilson's performance, two interceptions. So like he like even though he's had a good year so far, like he's you know he's not out, like he doesn't get excuse for that type of performance. So you go for him, pass protection. I think play calling as well. There's a lot of questionable calls, a lot of questionable things Sean Payton did on his on on his side, and he even admitted it himself. So overall, it's like when you're when you're playing like you got to take advantage of something like that. And we we went in there assuming like. The Broncos were going to win the game. Um, yeah. I actually, we didn't think it was going to be that close. Um, but if your defense is playing that good, knowing that they haven't done that in the past, like you have to take advantage of that. And I feel like they didn't. And and it sucks because from we've seen this team on a daily basis, uh, from practice, games, preseason, we've seen Russell Wilson perform. And like the time that this he gets the national spotlight, where yeah. he can say. Hey, I am not the guy from last year. He literally looks like he looked like the guy from last year. So I feel like that was like that was like the biggest like I was like I sit in the press, but I'm like, man, I'm like this is like where we we've always talked about we like me and you've said he looked better this he looked he yep. looks a lot better. Um, even numbers wise, he looks a lot better. It's like all right, we saw it, we said it, we've seen it. Now it's like prime time. He can finally show the whole world that yeah, I'm I'm better than last year. And boom, two interceptions, 95 yards passing. And just an ugly, ugly um, evening for the offense overall. Yeah, and and it's it's crazy, right? I mean, he he played. I mean, first of all, that's what it looked like most of last year. So congratulations on not uh, having been here to watch, you know, seventeen games of that, fifteen with him starting. The other thing is like 
by the numbers, um, you know, if you if like if you t- take quarterback rating as one measure, right? Like that's it was worse than any game he played last year. Uh, and if you go by adjusted net yards per passing attempt, I think there's only three games in his entire career, a decade with Seattle, and and then obviously last year and so far this year with the Broncos, um, where it was lower um, on on that metric than it was Thursday night. I can't say it's just it was just bad. It was bad from the start. I mean, at one point. You know, his first uh, eight pass attempts, I think he had, you know, five completions for 13 yards, two sacks and an interception. It just was like they had nothing going um, in the passing game from the start. And the the thing, I think, if you're, you know, it, fans won't take it was just one game because of what they watched last year and because the, the issues looked sort of similar to last year. And I think what's going to be interesting over the next two weeks or so before the, let's say before the bye week, Green Bay and and then Kansas City again is, you know, they played four bad defenses the first four weeks and he played pretty darn well. And then the last two weeks, they've played defenses that, you know, the Jets statistically right now look middle of the pack, but we know they're talented. They've played well, you know, recently. And then Kansas City has been one of the best defenses in the NFL um so far this year and the struggle has been more pronounced in those two weeks so the question is like can russell wilson sort of rise to the level of competition here as the season goes along or is this sort of like well you know teams got to look at sort of how they wanted to operate um on film over you know against some some pretty poor defenses over the first weeks of the season they figured them out and now um you know now you're sort of back to having just overall bad quarterback play. So there's there's a lot on the line, I think, going forward for for Russell Wilson, just in terms of, you know, confidence level from this coaching staff, uh, confidence level from the organization, and and whether he can, you know, be the solution for longer than the next few weeks. Um, and certainly for as much good as you could have taken out of the first month of the season, you can really sort of take that much bad out of the, the, the last week, especially in, in the last couple of weeks more generally. Yeah. I, and I think th- it's been tough because like you said, they, the Broncos, uh, they played some pretty bad defense at the start yet. They were unsuccessful in, in terms of winning games. That's why I like, that's why we kept saying like that stretch to start the season. It'd be nice to say, you know, better win. <laughs> better win because well, when you get to this point, you're trying to, um, you don't know what's going to happen. And so to have like a couple wins um, in your pocket, I think that'd be huge, especially from a momentum standpoint, from a confidence standpoint. But yeah, I think we're at the point is where, all right, Russell wasn't going to look good against bad teams. Now, all right, let's see what he does against like pretty solid defenses. And so far to me, he is not off to the best start when you look at games against New York and Kansas city. So it will be interesting to see how it moves forward. Because like, because like you said, I think a lot is on the line here. If, he goes out there and continues to struggle against uh, really good, like solid defenses. Denver is going to have to start at, start looking at all right. What's the future? What's the future is at the at the quarterback spot for us? Yeah, well, and that's I mean, we're, I think the way that Denver's going, obviously at one and five now. They've got you know Green Bay and then Kansas City at home bye week, and then the trade deadline arrives, and then after the bye, they they start at Buffalo on on Monday night, and so you know, like I think. I was just messing around. The New York Times has a um, 
like analytics model about, you know, playoff probability and all that. And it will shock you, Ryan, to know that they've got the Broncos at less than 1%. Um, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. And the thing is, even at like at this point, even if they won every game aside from, um, you know, Kansas city, Buffalo after the bye week like they basically got to win out besides that um, in order to, in order to be in the playoff conversation. And not, so not only is that just not a realistic part of the conversation at this point, um, you know, reel off three wins in a row and then let's talk. But like, not only is that not realistic to really be thinking about at this stage, but the flip side of the equation, which is that you end up with a really bad record and a really high draft pick sort of it be, it's become more and more a part of the conversation, the further we go forward. And so part of the, Part of what is going to put pressure on Russell Wilson here over the next several weeks is not just, hey, does Denver need to think about what its long-term future looks like at quarterback? It's, hey, Denver might need to think about what its long-term future looks like at quarterback, and they're steaming toward a top, I don't know, five, three pick in a draft class that is setting up to be a really – uh, quarterback rich draft class. Obviously, you never know. You know, there's no such thing as a sure thing. Caleb Williams is as much of a consensus prospect as there's been in the last few years. But, you know, that's a that's the sort of wrinkle on this of like it's a bad year for it to be a decision point year for for any veteran quarterback and for Russell Wilson, especially because of what the quarterback group looks like. And, um, you know, we can obviously talk about that, talk about the trade deadline, but like just in general, like I think a lot of this is not just, oh, it's been a rough couple weeks and then a rough year last year for Russell Wilson. Let's bury the guy. No, it's, I mean, you're operating in an environment where if you're the Broncos, you're not planning on having top five picks every year. Uh, going forward but if you've got one this year you're going to be awfully tempted to look at this quarterback group and say like maybe we can maybe we can solve a big problem here and set ourselves up for a long run you know into the sort of intermediate and further out future yeah i, I feel like Denver's in a like in a tough spot where it's a lot of decision making that needs to be made uh, i know it has to be a, a, a lot of conversation between ownership GM George Payton and Sean as well, because you are in a situation where this is a there are a handful of quarterbacks in the draft. But so you're looking at it, but at the same time, you you've committed to Russell Wilson, yeah, especially financially, $245 million um, worth of money. Um, so and you gotta sit there and look at it. All right, we're one in five. The schedule doesn't get any easier after this. If we're in a position to draft a quarterback, what do we do? What do we? How do we? How do we view the future? And you hope that when Sean Payton says they have a vision for the roster next year, I hope that include like they're thinking about that as well. I would assume they are because yeah. it's you're in a tough spot. Even if like let's say Russell Wilson just balls out, but the team is still average, you still got to sit there and wonder. All right, do we still believe in this guy? for right. the next five years and and we miss out on potentially drafting two not saying Caleb Williams and Drake May is gonna be, you know, the next big thing, but if they turn out to be, then you're looking at a few years down the road, like they missed out on a shot 
to like you know establish a franchise quarterback for the next few like next several years and he's like is he a lot younger so it's, it's a lot of decisions and i feel like this year is really it, it's been hard because that's where they're at um even if they don't just even if they go on some certain run on, on uh, like a, like magically like turn around and go on a run you still have to sit there and think about what does can we take this team and build it for like to be winning like winning multiple and excuse me have winning multiple winning seasons down the road like how do we get to that point yeah um so it's a lot to talk about. It's, it's a it's a lot to think about with this team and it's crazy that um that they're in this position um but yeah here, <laughs> here we are here we are and you know it's funny because it's not like i mean i think whoever this is one of those years where like whoever ends up with the number one pick, like they, they are either taking a quarterback and in the rare scenario where maybe that team doesn't need a quarterback, but even like, I think if Chicago ended up with the number one pick, like they're, they're probably taking Caleb Williams and and trying to move Justin Fields. If Arizona ends up with it, they're probably moving Kyler Murray and, and taking, you know, Caleb Williams. Like maybe someone will fall in love with Drake may, um, or even Shadur Sanders if he goes out or whatever. But like just to take Caleb Williams as the example here, like it's not the year where, you know, Olu Fashano or or one of the, you know, Joe Alt, an offensive tackle or an edge guy is going to go number one. Like it's going to be – and then in the picks after that, teams probably will line up to try to move up um, to get the next quarterback or and maybe even, you know, three in a row or, or somewhere in there. So like it's a long way off. But the interesting thing, Ryan, is like – you know, if Denver ends up in that like five to eight range, like you may be in a situation where then it gets even more difficult because like you're going to mortgage even more draft capital and more of the future or trade Pat Sertan or something to move up from five to two. But but the reality is like they could use a left tackle like they haven't drafted a tackle since Garrett Bowles in 2017. They could use another dynamic edge player. So it's not like they could. I think anybody could use Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver from Ohio State. So, like, it's not like it's necessarily quarterback or bust in the draft for the Broncos, depending on where they end up. But you sort of start setting the course toward what 2024 is going to look like in the next two weeks before the trade deadline without actually knowing, you know, what where you're going to be in the draft or what sort of opportunity you're going to have in the draft. So you basically just need to know two things. Who are the guys that we feel good about dealing now for whatever we can get at the trade deadline? Um, who do we want to at least keep through the end of the year? Because we're thinking maybe they're part of the equation going forward. And then also like heart of hearts. What do we think we're doing with Russell Wilson after this season? Like in some order, those are probably the considerations that are happening even like between now and October 31st. Yeah, and and one thing I, I feel like well, every time I check Twitter, I just see a, a bunch of Broncos fans just photoshopping Caleb Williams in a Broncos uniform. But uh, you did make a good point here. Like outside of the quarterback, if let's say let's say the Broncos are not in a position um, to draft Drake May or Caleb Williams, and those were like to them were their surefire guys, and maybe after that they don't think the other quarterbacks in the class are the type of guys that you know they think. Can, they can build around moving right. forward. Are the Broncos in a position where, you know, they make a trade to get additional draft capital because that's something they lack. So that's something – and also, too, like you mentioned, they, they need they need offensive tackle. Yeah. Um, they need, they need to me, 
some edge rusher. Uh, you can make the argument maybe if there's a cornerback um, to consider. I feel like there's I to me, I think the Bronco, I think one thing with Denver is to understand that you can put Caleb Williams in a Broncos uniform, that that's not gonna change, that that's not gonna turn this team around overnight. There's so many, there's so many issues that this team has across the board from offense to defense that needs to be addressed. So and, and like I said, it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. Um I think, I think every like to me the when it comes to like teams that are bad and they're in that position to draft a like in the, like in that top five top two range like the immediate thing is we gotta go quarterback we gotta go quarterback but if they're not in that position to draft Caleb Williams and, and or Drake then you have to look at it like all right we're we still need offensive tackle. Um, or is there? It, could we use our our pick to acquire more draft capital? So it's. Yeah. I feel like the Broncos at the moment. Um, I think there's they can go a ton of directions, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out, how how Russ plays out, because I think like that's going to ultimately decide. All right, this is the direction we're going to go. Yeah, no doubt, and it's interesting too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm totally. I guess I've you know too much like draft analytics or whatever like there, there's always something to be said for the whole and we have like literally months to talk about this so we don't need to go like too far into it now but there's always something to be said for the like trade down you know especially when you haven't had a lot of draft capital in recent years they don't have a second round pick currently this this coming year in 24 so like but there's also you hear like george payton has talked about this before you hear uh, evaluators and decision makers talk about there's always a cutoff of how many like how many blue chip players are there in a draft and that varies draft to draft. Maybe it's eight, maybe it's 12, but like, if you, you know, if you trade outside of that, then, okay, you might be, you, you're gaining a pick, but is it enough to convince you to move outside of the top group? A lot of time for that. Um, more pertinently, you know, we'll see how much draft capital, if any, the Broncos can add, you know, between now and the, and the 31st with the trade deadline, Ryan, we, we've talked quite a bit about this. Um, you know, we, we obviously think the Broncos, you know, they say they're not doing business with any of their players, but teams call. Sean Payton said that again on Monday. But like teams are calling because they're bad and they're looking to see how motivated the Broncos are going to be to sell. So let me ask it to you this way, because I think we know, like, obviously, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are going to get talked about. Justin Simmons is going to get talked about. There's going to be a lot of rumors. But in your mind, are is this a sell the farm all anything not nailed down must go regardless sort of of like the price that you're getting for it? Or do you think Denver should take a more measured approach of like, if we get it, this sort of like how they approach this off season, right? Like they didn't get a deal. They really liked for Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. So they didn't make a move. Um, like had they got offered a first round pick or something for Judy, like we would probably not be having this conversation right now. So they didn't get the price they wanted. Can they hold firm on pricing here through the deadline and say, we'll worry about some of this stuff in the off season? Or is this a, you've got a chance to add, you know, some arrows to your quiver, even if they're third day picks for the draft next year, you've got to do it before October 31st, no matter what. I, I think the Broncos are at a point where like, if you can, if you can get the picks, I think you have to move forward. Um, I just, for, for example, like your duty in particular, I think, it's hard unless Jerry, unless you truly believe Jerry Judy can just turn around. It's hard 
they're not going to get a first round pick off this guy. No, no, no. And, and that, and that's, not, that's, that's probably not a second round pick. And probably not a second. So if you're not going to get that and you're able to get, let's say, a third round pick off of him or a third round and maybe another pick, maybe I think you might have to make that move because it's, the, it's clearly not working right now. Uh, it's, it's not. Um, and, and I don't know. It just, I feel like that's the Broncos are at a point where like, if you, if you can get, I don't think they can stay in Pat right here. Yeah. Um, because like, like you said, you're one in five, like the shots are making, the chances are making the playoffs are, are slim to none. So if you have an opportunity to kind of add more draft capital, then I think you have to, you have to pull the trigger. I, I was like, I think some players might be hard on others. Like, I know people talk about Pastor Fan. I don't think Pastor Fan is going anywhere. It's hard. It's hard to find a shutdown corner like Pastor Fan. Yeah, no they, they don't just kind of like Pastor Fan. Guys like Pastor Fan doesn't doesn't just walk through your door every single day. Um, so I don't think you you know you make you don't pull the trigger on him. I think you have to keep him and try, and try to say, hey, let's build defense around you. This is you know this is your group. This is this is your unit. Take control. Take that leadership role. Um, and be the face, and you know, be the face of our defense moving forward. But outside of that, and this, I, I think they should be open for business. And I think, to me, I don't think they can. I don't think they're at a point where they can just like just stand back, stand pat, and just say, "All right, let's hold on." Because I think teams are looking at like, for, like you said, they're looking at Cortland Sutton and they're looking at Jerry Judy. They're watching the same games. They're watching the same film as everyone else, and. And to me, so far, none of those guys have looked, have like you know shown that they're worth, let's say, a, a second round pick. Yeah. And that, so if if you don't think you're going to get that from them, and I'm like, I don't, they're probably not. Then you're going to have to go, you know, the next best, the next best step. Yeah, I think you know, obviously, slightly different situations, especially Randy Gregory with the contract, but like. You know, when you think about the fact that they, they've they've already jettisoned Randy Gregory and Frank Clark and and what they've done in some total is saved, you know, two million on their cap and they've moved up maybe like 20 spots or 25 spots in the draft from early seventh round, sort of like above the comp picks into the sixth round wherever San Francisco's pick ends up. Like you're just not this is not the time of year when you're talking about terrific value typically um, on the trade market, unless, unless you end up having a guy that multiple teams want and that's not impossible. Right. But like it does, it's going, it's going to be interesting. Like last year, George Payton, obviously George Payton's taken, you know, a lot of criticism and, and, and then several of the moves rightfully. So I don't think anybody can argue with the value he got for Bradley Chubb last year um, when he got a, he got a first round pick from Miami you know, for Bradley Chubb. So, but Bradley Chubb's a really good player. I mean, Miami turned around and signed him to a $110 million deal like three days later. So you you don't have a guy like that on your roster that you're trading unless you're talking about Sertan, which I completely agree with you, Ryan. Like trading perennial all-pro players is typically not good business, especially guys that are 22 years old. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I think like, I just think fans probably, and, and and maybe some have by now, but like, I think you just temper your expectations in terms of like what the return on some of these deals look like. I mean, largely you're talking about day three picks. You're talking about maybe like attaching a pick to a player to move up, 
like, you know, there was a ESPN, um, Bill Barnwell, who's amazing, obviously at his job did 15, you know, trades sort of interesting. And one of them was structured uh, sort of like a couple of deals we saw in the off season where it was like Jerry Judy and a fourth round pick to get, I think it was Romeo Dobbs from the Packers and a second round pick. So like you're, you're using a player and a later pick to, to end up with something closer to a premium pick, like all sorts of things to consider over the next 14 days. Uh, George Payton, the Broncos scouting staff, um, Darren Muji, the assistant GM, obviously Sean Payton, uh, busy stretch coming up. I thought it was sort of funny that Sean the other day was like, well, you don't need a four day summit to figure out what your strategy at the deadline is. It's like, yeah, I mean, not when you're one in five and also, um, like they're meeting multiple times a week about personnel anyways. So they talk about this stuff a lot and they obviously are, you know, it's, it's a critical juncture coming up. So it's going to be, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be wild. Maybe it will be underwhelming. Sometimes we make, make it out of like, man, they're going to trade eight players and then like one thing gets done or something. Um, so we'll see how it goes um, between now and two weeks from basically a couple hours ago um, on that front. And then Ryan, that begs the question, like, is it actually like, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's fans out there that are basically like, why, why would I hope that they beat the Packers? Like, why would I hope now that they win a couple games against bad teams and end up with the 12th pick rather than a top five or something like that. But you know, the players and Sean, all they're going to talk about the rest of this week is going to be like, we've got to find a way to go win a game and see if we can get the ball rolling. Yeah. I think one thing fans, like I think fans forget this is in the end of football. It's not the MLB and it's not the NBA. So it's not, it's not like you can just for baseball. Like if your team's about to rebuild, they're, they're going to trade away like five, six, seven, like a bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, just to like, you know, get more prospects um, and maybe players with like, you know, like with low con- low contract numbers to, in order to like to pre- prepare for the future. But the NFL like is a lot different. Uh, a lot of these guys they, they want to compete, <laughs> they want to win, and it's hard to like if you're going to keep Justin Simmons on your team and not trade him. It's hard to walk up to Justin Simmons in a locker room and say, or walk up to him in the meeting and say, "Hey, we want Caleb Williams." You could go out there, just don't care. I, it's hard to say that because of the nature of the sport yeah um so it's i know fans probably think i think at this point they can care less if the broncos win or lose on sunday um but you know these guys are not going to go out they're they're going to give it their all even all even though if their hardest is a scene like that um but yeah it's it's just hard to like look at it look at this team and just say all right let's just it's over forget it it's, it's the nfl they're they're gonna fight tooth and nail to compete, even if they lose, it's it's hard to like say like, hey, we're gonna sell, we're gonna sell, we're gonna get rid of a bunch of guys, and you know, just go out there and yeah, and and do whatever. No, tanking in the NFL is really, I mean, like, there's really, I don't want to say there's no such thing, but for the most part, it's something that happens in the off season. Like, you just you end yeah. up putting together a roster that that's not good. Um, and the Broncos did not do that. They spent more money <laughs> than anybody in free agency this off season. They just have ended up being bad. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, what well, Kiz wrote um, a couple of weeks ago, tanking is just another word for nothing left to lose. And I think I said, 
you know, tanking is just another word for not good enough to win. And that's really what it is. Like, you know, we've seen what this defense, we've seen what the secondary looks like without Justin Simmons. Like it was not good. Um, they get PJ Locke back. Obviously he didn't play in those games also that, that Justin Simmons missed, but you're talking about where like, if you dealt a, some key guys off of this team, like, you know, Garrett Bowles, they're going to have a decision to make on Garrett Bowles after the season. Like he's got a $20 million cap hit next year. He's got no more guaranteed money. Uh, he's 31. You got all these things that like in NFL, um, you know, NFL lingo, they all add up to like decision time. But if we're being realistic about it, like they are a better team right now with Garrett Bowles on the field than if they, if Cam Fleming was playing or if they were playing one of the, you know, rookie undrafted rookie guys or whatever, like it's not, it's not close. So that's sort of the, you know, that's sort of the, if they, if they sell at the deadline, they trade a bunch of guys, you know, one way to spin, it's going to be, man, they're tanking. The other way to spin, it's going to be like, man, they're just stocking up as many draft picks as they can for next spring. Like it all comes out the same. Like you're not as good a football team on paper uh, as you were the day before. And you're planning for the future. So all of that is going to be interesting. The Packers are, they're sort of like, they're not in the same, they're two and three and they're coming off a of bye week. They got the young quarterback in, in Jordan Love. Like, do you think the defense, if we're just going to talk about the game for a couple minutes here before we, you know, get out of here, do you think the defense can sort of carry on from where it left off against Patrick Mahomes and company on Thursday night? and put up a good performance against Jordan Love and a really pretty young offense with Green Bay. I think so. I, I like you you hold the Kansas City Chiefs reigning Super Bowl champions to one touchdown. Uh you picked off uh Patrick Mahomes. You could have picked him off twice, but you know that questionable defensive pass interference on on Mathis took away the Kareem Jackson pick. I uh, like I feel like they can. I think when you are even though the Chiefs offense is not as good as it was in the past, but you still you still was able to hold Patrick Mahomes and company to 19 points, despite Travis Kelsey just you know tearing them up all game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I feel like that's great momentum to build off of. I think they I think they can. I think for for I think I think they will against Green Bay. I think it's gonna come down to the matter of the question that I've been wondering for the Broncos is can they play a complete game on offense? And that's where I think this game is going to come down to. To me, they have not. The uh, Chiefs game, they were just bad all around. Um, but over, like for the most part, when you, I think that's going to be the key is like, can they play, you know, four quarters of, of solid football on offense where they can get the run game going? Russell Wilson looks a lot, you know, it's not throwing two picks and, you know, fighting for his life on the field because of the, uh, because of pass protection. So I, but going back to your question, I do think they can build off of their performance against the Chiefs just because, like, when you're able to do that against Kansas City, I feel like that should give, you know, a, a lot of confidence to those guys moving forward that, yeah, we like this This is the best version. This is the version we want to see moving forward, not the 70 points right. against uh, Miami or – Allowing twenty-eight through three quarters against uh, the, the Chicago Bears, yep, um, and then just falling out to the Commanders. So I, I think the, I think the defense going to I think the defense is going to like take that as motivation, uh, the way they played against Kansas City, and just you know I think they're going to carry on Sunday. 
I think I, I tend to agree with you. The only thing I would say is that, you know, every, every season has like, you know, stats look weird for a couple weeks here and then they look weird in a different way for a couple weeks there and against the Jets and the, and the, the, the chiefs, the Broncos defense, you know, only allowed the one touchdown in 10 red zone trips. Um, and so like that just not, you can be a good red zone defense and you are not going to allow 10%, you know, over the long haul. So I feel like, you know, if the, if that run sort of continues, I think they're in really good shape against Green Bay. Um, but obviously you're not, you know, you're not typically going to see teams go 0 for 5. Red zone yeah. touchdown percentage is actually, I think it's down league wide, but 0 for 5, 1 for 5, like those, those are, those are really good numbers, numbers that, that won't last obviously over the course of the rest of the year. So um, it's going to be one of those games going to be very interesting to see, you know, Green Bay's fresh off a of bye week. Denver's relatively fresh after, you know, after playing Thursday night last week. So, you know, it's we'll sort of see, you know, what the Broncos what the Broncos look like energy wise coming out. I just I'll, I'll put you on the spot for for your pick, Ryan. I'll, I'll make mine too. It's it's Tuesday. You never know what happens at this stage in the season over the course of the week. Right now. Green Bay's a one point favorite. I, I just think, I mean, I think Denver's going to win at home at some point this year. Um, and I, I tend to think that this is the week like Jordan loves really struggled the last three weeks. He'll, he'll bounce back at some point. Um, and it could well be this week, but I just think like, you know, it's a team that you probably should beat with a young quarterback, a defense that struggled against the run, like it, it sets up to be a game where you can go into it and 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 you can get the job done on your home field. Um, and some like and then it's sort of amusing, too, because it's like, is that actually in the best long term health of the franchise? I don't know. I mean, I guess you just play the season and see where you end up. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be close, really close. I think it'll probably be pretty ugly. Um, but for the moment, I'm saying 21 20 Broncos. What about you? I'm going with. I'm kind of similar there. I'm going 24-21 Broncos. I just like you said, they got it. They have to win at home at some point, and this to me is the, the perfect the perfect weekend to do it. Like the defense is, is riding some momentum off after a, you know a solid performance against the Chiefs. Uh, at some point, the Broncos are going to have to get that run game going. I think this could be an opportunity to do it. So I think the Broncos are going to come out there, and it's not, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be closer than it should be. Uh, but it's 24-21, I got the Broncos winning it. There you go, sunshine and rainbows over here at the uh, Denver Post as it as it pertains to the one and five Broncos. Now, it'll be – it's an interesting week. It's obviously an important couple weeks coming up um, ahead of the trade deadline. We'll see how all that shakes out, if there's any sort of playing time adjustments or anything like that going forward. We'll be here to cover it all for you. You can find all of the Denver Post work at denverpost.com slash Broncos uh, see there for yeah all the latest coverage uh, going into this weekend and beyond uh, that's Ryan McFadden I'm Parker Gabriel thanks for listening thanks for watching if you're watching on YouTube and we will talk to you guys soon